My first question to you from what you've learned over your years is why is, why is it not considered a contact injury when the upper body gets hit and they call it that perturbation? Because that definitely affects what happens. That's a great question. Uh, classifying injuries is certainly not um, research I've ever conducted, um, like survey injury surveillance type research that's usually conducted by athletic trainers. And it's usually, um, you know, like they put things into categories based on body type. And if that body part or not body type, sorry, body part, so ankle, knee, hip, shoulder, etc., And if that body part is hit or contacted, then it's a contact injury at the ankle, for example. So I think it's just an oversight and it's a pretty rudimentary approach. I think what needs to be done is more video analysis after injury to talk a little bit more about um, the forces that might have been involved, the biomechanical factors that might be involved and to help us understand better why some athletes are more vulnerable than others. But it's not being done that that I can see, at least in the literature. Because <clears throat> that was something that did drive me crazy. And that year, it wasn't only just me. You know, you go back and if you look in the, you know, archives of 2019 at Towson, there was lacrosse, soccer, women's bat. Like it was kind of, yeah. it was everywhere. And a majority of them were playing on a, a specific field. But it was a, another a woman's lacrosse player was bending over to get something, got pushed, hyperextended the leg, right? And it just – it definitely, like you said, it not only can mess with the athlete, but I think we need to mention the fact that how much it actually messes with the strength coach too because it can start to make you wonder if you're actually good at your job. Oh, for sure. I mean, and the thing about all these sports you're mentioning is they're all invasive. They're all contact sports. Um, they're collision sports, even like women's lacrosse. It's not the same as men's. The rules are different, but there's incidental contact by all means. And, you know, I don't think we necessarily have the appreciation for the forces involved in some of these sports. And then you couple that with turf, right? So imagine just deciding, okay, I'm going to put my buddy in on the beach and bury his foot in some, some sand, add a little bit of cement to that. Um, the foot's nice and secure. And then I'm going to run up to him and smash him in the, in the chest and see how his ankle handles and that, you know, and see how his knee handles that. Right. Um, you know, I think maybe what needs to happen is a laboratory type experimentation, obviously um, using surrogate type limbs, but having these forces really measured, um, like you said, where maybe the knee or the ankle itself isn't the joint that's being perturbed, but other areas. But when that that foot is planted and planted in turf with cleats, how is that different than sticking your body in a you know, in some cement and pushing, trying to push him over, right? Like if the foot's not going to move, something has to give, you know, and the ligamentous structures can only handle so much force before they rupture. I mean, every, every soft tissue in the body has a strain threshold and the strain threshold can be improved with strength training. We know that, <laughs> but if the timing of that event and the forces of that event are high, then there it goes. And so there's a lot of things that can't be necessarily prevented. And I know that you hate that term and I do too, because all we can do as practitioners is mitigate risk. And we can do that by making sure 
you know, athletes aren't exhausted when they go into those, those cuts at the end of practice, that practice is designed in such a way to foster, you know, maybe the higher velocity movements done earlier on, just like in the weight room, right? We're not going to do our power cleans at the end of the workout. So why, you know, at practice, are we doing it, doing a lot of rapid change of direction at the end of practice? I'm not saying that athletes aren't fatigued in games, but there are, there are best practices that could be employed across the board to minimize the things that we can control to some degree, but there's a lot we don't know. You talked about surfaces and that's kind of a hot topic right now, at least in the NFL, because Aaron Rodgers right. tore his Achilles. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the Achilles rupture number is right now in the NFL, nor do I know to compare it to years past. So I'm going to kind of not comment on that, nor do I know the mm -hmm. number of ACLs, but I know that more and more people in the NFL have at least been posting on social media saying enough's enough NFL. We need to be playing on grass. Does that really matter? Because from what I've read in the research, it seemed like it was, and I, I, my research on it is in 2020. So they happen on grass and artificial turf, right? Like it's just this NFL schedule to me is what kind of would seem that athletes are maybe overly stressed, not sleeping adequately. And I also would say, and I, I reached out to somebody who texted me about it in the preseason and camp they're doing the survival shuffle as dan paff says they're not actually doing max effort because they're trying to just get through camp they want to get through their healthy and then now all of a sudden games one game two they're doing maximal effort for the first time and now it's almost stressing their bank account more than they're used to does so that's yeah, a lot that I, mean, I said what do you think about the turf and grass well i i think you're right i think the jury's out and i don't know if we can put all our eggs in that basket and just blame a surface as the culprit or the the main factor that's affecting these these athletes i think what we need to do is look um at medical history and we need to look at uh, medication use there's a lot of evidence mm. to support um certain medications that can affect tendons and can affect the ligaments so getting that health history on athletes is important as part of your just risk stratification. And then there is the other piece you talked about was underloading and you're, you're absolutely right. So we have like all kinds of problems. We have the coach that overloads in camp and wants to see if they're man enough and ready to engage in, you know, the sport. And then we have the other types of coaches that, don't load the athlete enough in camp and then expect them to perform at the level they should be. What's missing is, is like proper simulations, you know, and it's, it's really about the dose of that simulation. It's not so much about not doing or not doing the simulation. So simulation in sports ecology is just simulating the environment. So that's a very common word that test pilots use, uh, you know, um, people in military, they have to simulate what they are going to face because if they don't they aren't psychologically prepared but then they're not physically prepared so what needs to be really well understood are the mechanical load factors involved in let's say a 20 yard entry to a 45 degree cut that's going to have different forces than a five yard entry to like a post or a corner route that's going to have different forces than a 15 yard entry to a 90 degree cut, which would be, you know, just an out route. So, you know, making sure that athletes 
can do those things. And then, of, which is seems like common sense. And then on the, the defensive side in football, if that's what we're talking about, you know, then they've got a lot more unpredictable movement patterns, right? So if you're not reacting unpredictably um, to a, whatever stimulus, and the stimulus has to be visual, can't be auditory, it has to be the same, right? So, you know, sort of back to your points around agility, like what, what are we doing when we put a bunch of cones out on a field? Exactly. When we're asking someone to precisely run to here and then do this, when in a, in a sports situation, it's really not that tidy. Mm. 